You are listening to Intrepid Healthcare. Shining a light on the innovators, the doctors, the medical professionals, and all those instigating change and influencing both healthcare policy and technology. We bring you the latest healthcare news impacting the providers, the payers, and the patients. And now, here's your host, Todd Schnick. Good morning, and welcome back to Intrepid Healthcare. I am your host, Todd Schnick. This promises to be a very interesting conversation. I've had a couple of conversations on this show over the last few months on this theme of clinical decision support and its importance in the diagnosis process in medical care. And it's an exciting opportunity to improve healthcare and to lessen the loss of life through medical error. It's very, very exciting, but very, very important conversation. Let's get to it. I'm joined this morning by Nancy Zimmerman. She's the Chief Nursing Officer with MedCPU. Nancy, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to have you. Thanks for carving out some time to join me. Uh, Today's conversation is about how clinical decision support, or CDS, improves diagnosis, which is so critical. And there's far too much error in that that causes a lot of irreparable harm in healthcare. And the work that MedCP is doing on that front is very, very exciting, going to change everything with regards to healthcare. So very, very exciting stuff. Before we get to it, however, Nancy, let's take a few quick seconds, tell the audience a bit about you, your background, and then give us that overview of MedCPU, what you're doing, how you serve in your market. Sure. Thanks, Todd. I'm a nurse. Um, I was a labor and delivery nurse in Atlanta at Northside Hospital, focusing on high-risk labor and delivery. Northside does more deliveries than any other community hospital in the country. I think they did over 18,000 deliveries last year. So it's a bit of a baby factory, which was a great place to learn labor and delivery. So I worked there for a number of years in a previous lifetime, it feels like. And after working in patient care, I got involved in the technology side of healthcare, um, having helped form a nurse scheduling company and working as a director of implementation services there. So I've been around in technology in nursing, and after that company, then joined MedCPU back in 2009, and I've been involved with MedCPU as the chief nursing officer since then. MedCPU provides decision support in real time at the point of care, and it's how we assist clinicians to provide better care, which is, as you mentioned, a growing issue. It's been an issue, and it's a growing issue in our country, one that is getting a lot of focus with uh, Obamacare and EHRs and recent articles that have come out about diagnostic errors and the impact of medical errors and it being the third leading cause of death in the country. So it's definitely a timely issue. Oh, it's very timely. And, you know, here's the thing, Nancy, is that the general public, this is very alarming to them that this is happening because we want to believe when we go into a medical situation that we're interacting with doctors and nurses and other staff related to that that have an understanding of what to do and we trust them with our lives. But I wonder if you could set the table and help us understand what's going on, what's the scenario, what are the common problems that exist that cause misdiagnoses to occur that require a solution like what MedCPU is doing? How is this happening in the first place? Sure. Well, I think one of the biggest issues that face clinicians is data and having access to data. Getting the right diagnosis is key in healthcare because it provides the explanation of the patient's condition and it informs what the subsequent health care decisions are going to be, you know, for this patient based on that diagnosis. And diagnostic errors 
can be ones that are either missed, they can be delayed, they can be wrong, you can be treating a patient for a condition that wasn't actually present and you can induce harm that way. And clinicians don't have access to proper data at the point of care right now. There are multiple reasons for that. Lots of it it has to do with the way that we have documented and the fact that technology hasn't been up to speed with being able to give us access to that. By that, I mean that we document in free text and the narrative notes. That's just the best way to describe the patient condition and discharge notes and dictations and summaries. And with the amount of time that clinicians have to spend with a patient, it's impossible to go back and read through pages and pages of free text and look through historical documents. And so the data that's sort of hidden in those notes, if you will, is extremely important in forming the right diagnostic impressions of the clinical picture. So without the ability previously, before the technology which exists now, we didn't have the ability to have that, the full complete clinical picture at the point of care in real time. So that's the place where technology can really come to assistance in providing the complete picture of the patient and then provide us with the tools that we need in real time. So it's not that the physician doesn't know what he or she is doing. It's that they don't have access to all the data in real time when they need to make a very quick decision. And that's where the error comes from is that they just don't know everything. And so if they knew everything, they would potentially make the correct decision. So that's the issue there. So walk us through how CDS or clinical decision support is playing an increasingly important role in promoting patient safety and diagnostic accuracy in today's healthcare. Sure, absolutely. It isn't that the clinicians don't know the right thing to do. It's that without the proper information and without the proper data, you're not going to be able to make the right decision all the time. So without access to, like I said, all of the historical data and information that's written in free text, things even regarding patient allergies, important information about history and previous care, previous conditions and existing conditions even that the patient has that is in free text. If you don't know that, then your diagnosis and potentially your plan of care can be faulty. In addition, facilities will have multiple EHRs and there are multiple departments. There's labs, there's pharmacy, there's radiology, there are outpatient departments. And typically these different areas don't talk to each other. The information stored electronically isn't shared. And so you have a very bifurcated picture and you have to go to multiple areas to find different pieces of information about the patient. And so what CDS can do is sit on top of all of these different areas and read in real time and collect the data in real time that's coming from all these different areas. And so the CDS then has access to know about, you know, what's happening when the patient goes to the outpatient center and the history from those outpatient visits. And we'll know about the ER visit that happened a few weeks ago. We'll know historically about any of the inpatient visits and provides a really powerful tool then to form a complete clinical picture about the patient that otherwise the clinician just wouldn't have access to. Boy, I'm thinking of a time I was at a physician's office and I was waiting to see my doctor and I saw another physician in that practice walking up and down the hallway, just dictating notes into some device. And and I was thinking, how is that going to be cataloged and how is that going to be organized and where is it going to be stored? And then to the point of this conversation is in six months time when that person may be in an ER, is the physician on site there and having to make a split second decision, are they going to have access to all those notes? And I'm beginning to understand the power of this, of a CDS and how 
even those long form free text dictated notes can be integrated into this so that all the data is at hand when a physician needs to make a quick decision. Talk about how it actually works. So, I mean, CDS sits on top of an EHR and it organizes all this information into one place where information can be had. But how does it actually work? I mean, is there some sort of an alert that pops up when there's some conflict with a decision about to be made in the patient's history? Exactly. Like you said, one piece of it is the access. So who's going to have, will someone even have access to that when you come to the ED? And then who's going to have the time then to go back and read through those pages and pages of dictation? And so the answer is the computer will. (laughs) So what happens is that as the clinician enters data into the EHR, potentially enters a diagnosis or enters orders or a plan of what they're going to do, the CDS will match that to all the different relevant data points that it has concerning the patient, past and current that are relevant to the clinical picture, and also to information that it has stored in its knowledge base about best practices. And when it detects a potential issue or something that is missing, either a missing diagnosis, an incorrect diagnosis, it will send an alert and will just pop up on the screen In the meantime, it's just silently monitoring. At the point that it notices a deviation from what would be the expected best practice based on this knowledge base that it has, it will send an alert right there on the screen in real time at the point of care that will suggest to the clinician either a change in diagnosis or maybe different diagnostic test or procedure, one that's less invasive, or a different course of action altogether. And so that's the way that in real time and right there at the point of care, it can take all of those different elements, put them together in a meaningful way, seeing the complete clinical picture and provide real-time assistance to make the proper diagnosis and not miss an important diagnosis as well. Am I correct in assuming what's really exciting about the future potential of this knowledge base of best practices, it's just going to get better over time, right? As we feed it more experience and feed it more data, that's just going to continue to become even more powerful, yeah? Absolutely. It's constantly growing as new guidelines come out, as new regulatory agencies put out new best practices and new rules and measures and all of that. It's updated with that. And addition, anytime that there's a near miss or something that is noticed by the clinicians that could have been more helpful, something that had we intervened at an earlier place or an earlier time, the CDS can be tweaked to have the alerts changed a little bit and customized a little bit. And then that can be pushed out to one hospital system, to another, to another. And so there's an exponential effect of everyone then who gains from evidence-based practice. I want to touch on something you mentioned a few minutes ago in this idea of how alerts can ensure that all information is gathered enterprise-wide. I'm thinking of a recent experience I had with a member of my family who had surgery. And we went to the hospital. And before he went into surgery, he went to two other departments to get some tests. And I always, just have this natural anxiety of, is that information going to get to where it needs to go in the, right, in the right amount of time? And talk about how that works, because I think that's concerning for a lot of people too, that there's just so much information and data collected in disparate locations. How is it all organized in one place? Lots of times these systems don't talk to each other and don't share information. So you know, where you go as an outpatient versus the hospital inpatient records versus the ED system versus radiology, they don't always share information with each other. And sometimes even the information will be in conflict with what one system has versus another. 
So the CDS kind of um, works as a data warehouse and collects all of that data and is the gold standard of, like I said, the complete clinical picture. And we can even prompt then if there is a discrepancy. So if we hear from the inpatient system that there's an allergy to penicillin and then, you know, the outpatient system says that the patient has no allergies, a prompt can be presented to a clinician that says, you know, there's a discrepancy that needs to be rectified. And one of the systems, then it has to be entered as to whether or not that allergy actually exists or not. So, you know, it really does then sort of normalize the data and act as the complete data warehouse because it's able to be agnostic to all the systems and take in all of the information together. Mm, That's game changing. Very, very exciting to see that continue to become more prevalent in a diagnostic situation. Very exciting. Nancy, I've heard you talk about how alerts can alert you to things like silent deterioration. And I would love for you to expand on that, maybe share an example. I'm, one comes to mind is sepsis, because I think that's a major cause of death in an emergency situation where there's lack of data, and lack of access to quick data in real time. Talk about that a bit. Sure. And sepsis is a major cause of death in hospitals. And one of the things about sepsis that makes it so suited towards CDS is that there's almost a mathematical quality or pattern to it that is very easy for CDS to detect, for a computer system to detect. But for a clinician who is or might be sort of laser focused on the initial presenting issue, you know, a patient coming in with appendicitis or a pneumonia or something, and you're, and you're really focused on that initial presentation, the slow sort of deterioration, while it might still be within a normal range of vital signs, you might not see that pattern or that trending, especially if you're not seeking it because you're so focused on treating what the patient was there originally for. So CDS can be monitoring this and can note this rise in white blood cells or know that, you know, while vital signs are remaining relatively constant within a certain range, that there is a slow deterioration and, you know, the patient is becoming hypotensive and can be warning about these things, suggesting lab results be gained and taken and can be pointing these things out to clinicians who might otherwise not be obvious to them at that time, especially when they're focused on other emergent activities that are developing and happening. So CDS is perfectly suited towards something like sepsis. Well, that's very exciting. And frankly, in my view, if we eliminated the problems resulting from sepsis and only that, that would have a dramatic improvement on that rate of death by medical error. I mean, that alone would be a significant improvement. Well, luckily, we can do much more than that, but yeah. I agree with you there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure you could spend hours giving me examples of how this would work. So we're running low on time, Nancy. I would love for you to summarize and, and walk us through some key points to think about in terms of how CDS provides safety in the overall diagnostic environment and through diagnostic procedures. I think it comes back to sort of where we started, that if the clinician has limited information at the point of care, it's really nearly impossible for an accurate diagnosis to be made. And that's what is going to drive the decision-making as to the health care you receive, the quality of care, and the way that either the existing condition is treated or perhaps missed. And so without having access to all of the different pieces of data, whether it be history of what's in the free text, whether it be different information that's coming from pharmacy, from outpatient, for example, without having all of that information, you can make harmful 
decisions that would normally be the right plan of care, but because that information was missing, in particular cases, wouldn't be the correct decision. So, for example, somebody coming in for unresolved headaches, the normal thing to do would be a lumbar puncture. If that clinician doesn't know, doesn't have access to data that the patient is on a home medication of heparin, doesn't have access to that, those pharmacy records. And at the time that they're scheduling the lumbar puncture, the lab results show that they have a normal platelet level. If they don't have access to, you know, outpatient records that show that a few weeks ago, this patient had a much higher platelet level, they don't have the data to know that this patient could potentially have heparin-induced thrombocytopenia. And so in that case, you would not want to do an LP. You wouldn't want to schedule that knowing that this could be a potential issue. So not having those pieces of data could cause some critical errors to happen that something like CDS can easily prevent just by being able to provide that data and, and alert the clinician, hey, you know, the patient's on heparin, please consider that this patient could have heparin-induced thrombocytopenia. Uh, this is, like I said, this is so exciting. I look forward to the day when this is common practice. Let me close with one final question, Nancy. Uh, a clinical decision support system such as what MedCPU provides, is it difficult to integrate into a facility's system and is it hard to use? No, it's not at all. It's one of those things that's very intuitive. It's just a little button that pops up on the screen that clinicians just read. You don't change your workflow at all. You just continue to work in the EMR the same way you always do. You know, if you can read the explanation of what pops up, then you just keep going about your normal workflow and you keep doing what you always would do. The system just responds accordingly. So it's extremely intuitive and there's really kind of no learning curve to it. It's really a win-win. Yeah, that's very cool. And the system can evolve too with the practice by specific physicians and nurses, right? You guys can adjust the system to match the, the, the practices and habits of a physician, yeah? Yes. And that's very important as far as avoiding things like alert fatigue. The workflow uh -huh. needs to be taken into account so that the prompts are not only clinically accurate, but they're also efficient. They need to come up at the right time that these decisions are being made and not come up too soon and not come up after the fact. So the, it needs to be implemented in a way that is efficient and that fits the workflow of the clinical staff. And then it really should fit just seamlessly into the already existing day-to-day -day workflow. Yeah, that's cool. And I understand, too, that you can understand when an alert is not paid attention to, right? And then that informs you on how you can continue to evolve the system. Exactly. So anything that is ignored by any of the clinicians would be considered a suspicious prompt that would be looked at as either not efficient or potentially would need to be tweaked to a different workflow and adjusted that way so that the system is constantly kind of self-learning and evolving to be not just clinically accurate, but as efficient as possible so that it really only appears when it's needed and is welcomed when it's seen because it's only coming up when there is an actual deficiency or an error about to be made. So people are feeling happy to see it and it's like a trusted friend or advisor that's there, you know, only when there's a deficiency that you didn't know about that it is about to happen. Yeah. I look forward to when you and I can talk in a couple of years time and share how excited we are at how this has all evolved and how it's integrated into the workflow, as you said. Very, very exciting stuff coming down the pike. It is. Thanks. Nancy, we're out of time. Before I let you go, should anyone have any questions, how can they reach you and how can they learn more about MedCPU? They can go to medcpu.com 
and they can find any information out there and they can reach me there as well. So, All right. Nancy Zimmerman, the Chief Nursing Officer with MedCPU. Nancy, a pleasure to have you. Thanks again for stopping by. Thank you, Todd. All right. It's all the time we have for today. Again, on behalf of our guest, Nancy Zimmerman, I am Todd Schnick. We'll see you very soon on Intrepid Healthcare. <laughs>